Welcome to Shepherd the Sheep. Today, we are going to talk about sex. Thank you, Anthony. We should thank him more often for that. Oh. Those little intro there. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Anthony with uh, the intro and the exit, just in case you don't That's know, right. our guitar player. Credits to him. Uh, non, Anthony. Every Seho. listen gets yeah. some 10 cents. No, I'm kidding. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it, I know. If we got paid for this, then we would give him some. Yes. Because yes. he's a part of that. Right. I mean, the music is like, I think people know the music. Yeah. Yeah, they know him. So good job, Anthony. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Now we, now we gotta get him to listen to the podcast. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Well now 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 it'll be like Anthony, you were in the sex podcast and he'll yeah. be like, What? This yeah. is crazy. Yeah. yeah, this is good. This is uh this is good. Well, uh we we we've talked about it for a while. Mm-hmm. We said we were gonna do this, mm-hmm. and here we are, we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about sex. Yeah. Yeah. We have to. <laughs> I know, right? Just kidding. Well, it is funny because like in ministry you know, you, you go like go to seminary and you start to study theology and you start to learn how to exposit the word mm-hmm. and you have a love for people. Uh, but some of the things people want to talk about that there's, I don't think there's anything in the world that can prepare you for that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at this <laughs> point, I mean, you, 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 you start ministry, pastoral ministry after seminary I mean, there's a lot that you're not prepared for. Yes. Right? And then this is just like the bomb. <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, in terms of like when people get sick, mm-hmm. you've learned things about their disease or what they're dealing with that you would have never thought you dealt with. Right. Uh, you end up at some point learning about women's bodily cycles, even through ministry, not even through marriage, right? But just because mm-hmm. you're serving people and these things come up and you're like, okay, well, that's part of life. Yep. So... I actually think that's what we're here for. We're here to help you do life. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah. To the glory of God. To the glory of God. Yeah. Yes. That, and that's our ultimate goal here. Do all things. Yeah. And sex is a part of that. Yes. The Bible talks about sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible says sex is good. Yep. God made it. He created it. Uh, he says husband and wife are to participate in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I forgot where I heard this, but Trip, like, remember him saying something like, you have to think of sex as part of your worship. And that's very eye-opening to, yeah. to think about sex as part of your worship. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's some, there's some spouse going, yeah, amen. <laughs> and I didn't say husband right. because we have learned that sometimes in a relationship, the woman wants it more than the man. Mm-hmm. So got to be careful with your stereotypes. Mm-hmm. But break that down for me, G, because I think that's, that's the heart of this issue is worship. Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, in Genesis one, um, Right. If if we're to, if we're if we're biblical Christians and we're committed to scripture, then we have to ask the question, um, you know, how does sex fit into all of this? And in Genesis one it says God created the heavens and the earth. Everything. I mean, all the desires that we have. Um, right. And a lot of those desires actually are good desires, but when um desired in a wrong way, 
with wrong motives for self-benefit uh, alone, right? Um, that's where our worship lacks, right? And so even with sex, if he created that desire for us to have, right, and gave us even the biological ability to perform it, well, he must know the way to do it. So even when we think about sex, like Christ has to be at the center of that. And so, right, just like everything we do, do all things to the glory of God. Well, that includes sex. And it's such a weird way to think about that. But it's, uh, I think part of it's that the, the taboo behind it um, that makes us go weird. That's kind of weird. And I mean, saying it sounds weird, you know, because we grew up in a, in a, in a culture that it's, it's either like sex for everyone anytime you want it or no sex at all, you know? Um, so, yeah, I, I think how we do it, um, how we think about it, how we, um, you know, because sex, sex is a desire, right? Part of, part of it is a desire. So how we think about it is part of our worship. Yeah, I agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I mean, I, I remember writing an article about this, and I mean, you just hit the heart of the article because even, um, right, honestly, you can easily uncover the sinful side of sex. Yeah, and the culture has no problem promoting the sinful side of sex, but that makes sense. There's unbelief at their heart is unbelief. Mm-hmm. It's not. Right at the heart of unbelief is me, mm-hmm. not God. Yeah, they start with desire. Yes, and they're they're. Uh, if you're an American, you're told to pursue happiness. Yep, at any cost. Um, as if you if it's good for you, then pursue it. Yeah. Um, but what we're saying is, no, God created all these good things, so we must pursue it under the banner of who He is, what His character is like, and what uh, and how He designed it to be. Thus. We could do it in a worshipful way. Oh, yep, and there's yep, Ripley. Yep. She's just shepherding. <laughs> She's just looking out the window. She's like, "Hey, guys, somebody dangerous is here." Yeah. So yeah, I mean. She's she's it could uh, be the, living no, for a sanctified man. part of her. Yeah, she's doing <laughs> by nature what God made her to do. Exactly. Shepherd. Yep. So it's interesting, G, because one, I don't really have. Like, we kind of have a rough outline. I actually kind of want to have this conversation without a rough outline because there is so much to be said on this. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about identity. We could talk about all the sexual sins that exist in this world. But I think by talking about what Scripture says it is, we actually are setting a framework because when you understand the definition and what God says about it, then you quickly can articulate sinfulness. Yeah. Right? So if we define sex as this way, and by the way, this is my definition for a three-year-old mm-hmm. and have told all of my boys at three years old what sex is. Okay. Now, again, somebody would balk at that and um, I would just say you got to listen to the podcast before this on sex, drinking, and edgy conversations on to why we would talk about things like this, but it's a part of life. And I think you can tell anybody at any age the definition of sex. Sex is an activity between husband and wife. That's good. Boom, that's it. Ah. Now, right away, if if that's the definition, and it is, uh, Genesis 2, mm-hmm. then uh, Paul, or the Hebrews writer, backs it up with let the marriage bed be undefiled. Yeah. Be undefiled. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you have it defined that way throughout Scripture. 
right? If that if that's if that's the case, then instantly, right? You have to say, okay, sex between two unmarried people is sinful. Yep. Homosexuality is sinful because sex is for husband and wife, not between two people that have a government ordained marriage. Right. Um, government actually doesn't. God doesn't look at the government to define your marriage. Yeah, government government stepped into marriage for a hundred other reasons, but probably not this podcast. Yeah, okay. So, right instantly, you go, okay, why is pornography sinful? Well, because it's even somebody might be like, well, what if my husband and wife like want to want to watch pornography together? Well, again, you're watching sexual engagement between two other people that is not you and your spouse. Right um, now, and the interesting part is psychology has actually even picked up on the dangers of pornography. Because pornography leads to false expectations and it actually cuts out one of the people that sex is meant for, Mm. right? So really, husband and wife have to figure out what sex is between them. Who's the person that it cuts out? Well, so like if, if a husband's, if a guy is steeped in pornography, his sexual expectations are being defined by oh, okay. his pursuit of, of by his pursuits in the pornography he's gotcha, watching gotcha. and his wife is not inputting any of what she's expecting. Right. So now, right. He's expecting her to look like these people. Right. He's expecting her to basically be. So in pornography is a selfish pursuit of self pleasure. Right. Right. And so yeah. you're cutting out her. Which, which, so first, sex is an activity between husband and wife. Second, sex is for your spouse. Right. So that that's a huge part of sex that is gets missed a lot. It's for your spouse. So pornography is cutting out the other person. And again, there are, there are women that are steeped in pornography too. And so by cutting out the other person, the interesting part is oftentimes if a husband or wife is steeped in pornography, their sexual life actually is degrading and is getting worse because the criteria and the expectations that the porn person has is now a false expectation, false criteria, because everything is being defined solely by him or her. Mm -hmm. So that's cutting out the other person. Yeah. Okay. That Uh, that makes sense. Yes. And even like the funny part is even unbeliever psychiatrists are starting to realize and that you can Google articles and you can find not one, not two, umpteen 20 30 40 yeah. articles i would say like 99.9 percent of them would would yes. say that porn is bad for you yeah yep. in fact even in um uh, people that, that commit sex crimes oftentimes pornography starts that yep and and what happens is that person's mind the pornography actually um i don't want to say help but basically pornography becomes a vehicle where the person starts to change his or her definition of sex and, and, and what's interesting is who's cut out of that, the spouse. Yep. Yeah, I think it rewires the brain is the, the way they put it. Yes. Um, to, for, and it really has to do with expectations. It rewires the brain to expect this, this kind of pleasure from this specific action. Yes. Um, when, and, and if you're thinking about from the, from the framework of love, it's different. It's, it's what, how can I serve the other person? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and that's that's a huge part of sex that mm-hmm. goes missing as well. Mm-hmm. And that's why even the Victorian era, the idea that sex is only for procreation is half of the part. 
And the Proverbs 5, you know, where where um, David is telling Solomon, who then Solomon probably told his kid, you know, talks about, um, you know, as a loving hind and a graceful doe, let her breast satisfy you at all times. Be exhilarated always with her love. For why should you, my son, be exhilarated with an adulteress? Mm-hmm. And that's Proverbs 5.15 and then 18 through 20. And and so what he's teaching his son is that, look, other other people, there there's a lure and a temptation there. But that's actually not going to satisfy you. Yeah. What's what what God has given you is your spouse to satisfy you. Mm. So then the question comes down to, well, how does that happen? Yeah. You know, and there's some physiological things that can be talked about. On the one hand, it's kind of easy, but on the other hand, sex can be very difficult between husband and wife. And a lot of times it's because of expectations or the lack of humility or the lack of love or even the lack of self-control. And that's what makes this discussion so difficult because it's very personal, but it's very personal for two people. And on the one hand, it might quote unquote look the same for everyone. But on the other hand, it's not going to look the same for everyone. Right. And that's, that's the reason why it's not going to be universally across the board, you know, like eating a chicken wing. Wait a minute. Even that's not universal across the board. <laughs> right. You have, you have some people that clean their chicken wings, like, Amen. you know, like they Amen. went through a dishwasher. Mm. You have other guys who are running the holy thing to do. It is the holy thing. To do. <laughs> but right. Then you have the other, you have the, the, the fakers out there who are like, this boneless thing is a wing. Well, no, that's not a wing. It's a chicken nugget. <laughs> Call it what it it's is. A, it's yeah. It's it's an elevated chicken nugget. Yes. Yeah. I mean it's they're fair. good. Yeah. I mean I'm not. You know right. You put the Honestly, sauce on it. It's they're the people, easier to eat. Yeah. It's the people that leave the meat in the middle of the of the oh, wing. Yeah. You yeah. know the wing. They oh, leave gosh. it. There. Yeah. What's up with that? I don't know. But my kids do it. <laughs> I, I always take pictures. I'm like, you sure. guys aren't going to make good Asians. Yeah. No. Yeah. So anyway, uh, by the way, that's not a that's not a racist remark. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Uh, so thanks right. for clarifying that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, well, somebody would be like, Oh, he said that. No, no, no. It's, it's like, it's fine. Right. Different cultures have different ways of handling, you know, some, some like as a white boy, you grew up, you did not eat the cartilage on chicken. Mm-hmm. And yet I've sit, I watched this Croatian person eat the cartilage off the chicken. I'm like different culture, mm-hmm. different way of growing up. Okay. Mm-hmm. You eat the cartilage off chicken. Oh, right? heck yeah. Of yeah, course. See, see, it's a cultural thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, that's why this conversation is so difficult because ultimately each husband and wife has to figure out what works for them. Yep. Okay. And that, that takes worship. Yeah. Right. yeah. Back to worship. Back to like worship. That, yeah. Um, so, um, uh, I would define it, you know, son, sex is something between you and your wife. That's which you, it. Which you do not have yet. <laughs> which you don't have yet. Yeah. And it is for your spouse's pleasure. Mm. And the third thing is it should only be engaged in when both of you say yes. Mm -hmm. And four, the activities that you do should be mutually agreed upon. Yeah. Okay. If you got that, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, again, there, everything we talk about, there are, you could write a whole book on this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the most helpful booklets I read was Robert Smith and he wrote a book on sex and the interesting part is 80% of the book is like Philippians 2, 3 through 4. Do not look out for your own personal interest, but the interest of others. Mm. So even Smith agrees with you that sex primarily is a worship thing. Yeah. And so right there, you know, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. So that's right. Like sex is there for your spouse. 
Yeah. First yeah. Corinthians seven, you write the husband's body is not his own and the wife's body is not her own. The husband's body is the wife's and the wife's body is the husband. Mm-hmm. And right. That's part of the one flesh. Mm-hmm. And so to kind of realize I am not my own again, that's a worship thing, right? So if I am my own, then you're excluding your spouse from this. Mm-hmm. And so, right. Which is why pornography is bad. Um, you know, so yeah. Yeah, that's 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 really helpful, and I think, like culturally speaking, within the church, we've, um, you know, just thinking about marriage itself, like there's a there's been an elevation um, of of this idea of being married, and then and then, you know, the pursuing of marriage for sex. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I, I I've heard you say say some helpful things about that. Like, you know, why is that? Why why have we thought about that wrongly um, yeah. over, over the church, church history, I guess? Yeah, well, I think it's interesting. Um, one, I think, again, it's always easy to spot the gross, gross activities mm-hmm. and misdiagnose why it's gross, mm-hmm. right? So even with alcohol, alcohol and sex share a common, um, they kind of share a common train of thought here. You see somebody who's sexually um, very free, but they're not free. That's the funny part though, right? We say free, but they're not free. They're slaves. They're slaves to their sexual pursuits. So some guy or girl is promiscuous and they're out there, right? Running around with 50 partners. Um, They're not free. They're a slave to that. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're actually in sin. Right. Um, And so every now and then somebody be like, Hey, I'm going to, uh, well, let me go down that train of thought here in a second. But um, so it's easy to look and say, okay, the act of sex is sinful. So, but then there's also this reality: you gotta have kids. So mm-hmm. you know, maybe the church goes, well, okay, hey, it's good for procreation, but after you've had the, as many kids as you're gonna have, stop. Well, that that removes the second side of sex. No, sex is meant for pleasure, mm. and it's okay, yeah. right? It's not something to be embarrassed about. It's not wrong. It's it's part of God's gift to husband and wife. Mm. Um, you know, I love every human being I've met. Uh, every human being is important to me, but there's only one human being that I can share some things with. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's how God intended that. Amen. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. It's not sinful. It's not wrong. It's not, um, you know, it's not degrading to God. I mean, again, God made sex. Right. And he, I mean, he wired our nerves. He created us the way he created us and right. meant for it to, to do what it does. You know, so and I think uh, I think when you as you're talking, it also made me just kind of think of the a lot of the pursuits and 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 with different um, groups out there today, LGBTQ whatnot, where a lot of their identity, you know, is found in um, in, in 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 their sexual experience, yep. um, and because because sex has been so elevated, almost to the point where like the the desire and the ability to um, you know, have sex with who you want makes you valuable. Yeah. And, and that's why it is a worship thing because, because we worship God, Christ is our greatest treasure. Yeah. So sex is not everything. Like Christ is everything. Yeah. So sometimes like when, when in the sex discussion, um, you know, it's like you think about all the issues that, that we see in marriages because maybe two people got married that, Maybe it shouldn't have got married, 
because what they wanted was sex. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, thinking rightly about sex is helpful. Um, even, even as you're looking to get married or even if you're a single person, maybe you struggle, you're a believer and maybe like, you know, you struggle, you struggle with same sex, same sex attraction, uh, or things of that nature, some kind of, uh, you know, a pursuit of some kind of sexuality that's not biblical. Yeah. And what do you do? It's like, well, number one, I think part of it is like, um, sex is not everything. Yep. Right. Yep. No, that's important. Um, this, this is interesting, right? Cause, uh, sexual sin is pervasive even outside of the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. And this is where I think the church needs to not only say, Hey, homosexual sex is wrong. Sex outside of marriage is wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that's, you know, sometimes I hear the complaint and I, I go, you know, there's, there's probably a grain of truth to that, that the church spends more energy um, condemning homosexual sex, which is not sex by the way, cause it's not that match the definition. Mm-hmm. Um, and less time condemning, um, single people who are out engaging in this activity. Mm-hmm. There's probably, a, that's probably a valid criticism. Yeah. And so, uh, actually I was reading an author and he said, listen, I have to submit my sexual desires to Jesus Christ. And I have to ultimately ask the question, is Christ greater than my sexual desires? And for a believer, the answer is yes. Amen. So, right, because at the end of the day, right, if your spouse, if something happens medically and all of a sudden husband and wife can't participate in that, are you going to be okay? Yeah. Like, are you less of a person now because of that? No. In God's sovereignty, right, guy has prostate cancer and that's it. Right? He gets his prostate removed and that's it. It's done. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, right, it at that point, is he less of a man? No, he's not less of a man because masculinity is not defined by your ability to perform in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And again, you can see where culture creates problems. Yeah. Right. And so um, you said it, you said it well there, the identity thing is huge. So in sex, let, let's just kind of try to take this stay on subject again. Every, every discussion has 60 roads leading off of it. Um, the does, you know, for, for every human being, for every person, every person has to learn how to submit their desires, especially to Christ, mm-hmm. especially for believers. You have to learn how to submit those desires to Christ. Amen. And so if you're not going to submit your sexual desires to Christ, you're going to have problems. And the reality is, even if you go pursue those, you're not going to find freedom. You're going to find enslavement and you're going to be chasing after the wind because that satisfaction you find isn't going to, it's never going to, to come about. It's not meant to be, it's not meant to satisfy us. Right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, there's some, it, it might satisfy us for the moment. Yes. Uh, and it, it, it will feel good yeah. in the moment, but it's never, it's never going to satisfy us as a human being right. um, uh, the way Christ does. That's right. And that's, that's, that's so key yeah. and so important because, and, and just saying, I think that's, like as we think about this, um, sex is a desire, yep. and we submit all desires, even sex, right before yep. Christ. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, I've even heard things like this: a couple's dating, and they 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 have boundaries and withhold in sexual engagement before marriage. They take the right view of sex into marriage. Yeah, and a lot of times when people cheat 
and start engaging sexually before marriage, well, they have a wrong view of sex. And guess what happens after marriage? That wrong view doesn't go away because of marriage, right? Marriage does not create a right view of sex. That's it doesn't right. solve the lust problem mm-hmm. for the guy or girl who's like, well, I got to get married. So I quit lusting. Nope. Not going to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a wrong view of sex before you get married. Getting married doesn't instantly change to a right view of sex. Right. So in fact, a lot of times couples that engage before marriage have problems after marriage. Why? Because they had a wrong view of sex going into marriage. Mm-hmm. And so now, right in their eyes, sex is something you do with somebody you're courting. Well, now that you've courted them, sex is done. You don't need to engage in it. Mm. It's done, right? We can move on. Oh, okay. Maybe we'll have some kids. So we'll do it until we get through the kids, the kid phase. But you know, the sex phase has moved on. Right. Well, so you can instantly see, right? Wrong view of sex. Marriage doesn't change that. Yeah. So that's why you have to come back to, okay, Lord, am I willing to follow you and worship you and participate as you've called me to participate? And that's why Robert Smith rightfully, I think, comes back to Philippians 2 a lot. Do not look out for your own personal interest, but the interest of others, right? Because now you are in this relationship with your spouse and your job now, so to say, is to, okay, what, 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 what pleases my spouse? What does my spouse enjoy? You are going into that. You are engaging that activity with the desire to please your spouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, that's, that's, that's good. What do you say to, um, I guess, you know, okay, so you're single. Um, and let's just say the, the wife has not come along yet, that, that person. Um, and this desire is very strong. Yeah. Like how do you help this guy? Yeah. Ultimately it comes down to is Christ greater than your desires Mm. and you got to learn how to control your desires. But I would even say it goes a step further. If you can set up every like barrier in the world, Mm -hmm. you know, you can get covenant eyes. You can do all that. It doesn't change your heart. And so you have to learn how to focus on serving and loving other people. Amen. And that, that's still the answer. Right, because again, if I if I run from sin, that doesn't mean I've learned how to walk in righteousness. I feel like we've been saying this answer for every I know really? <laughs> every problem, every yeah, issue, know. every desire. Oh, yeah. that's because it is, isn't it? It is. It yeah. is. Yeah. 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 It's like, hey, what's their? So- yeah, somebody's going to make fun of us. What's well, What's their solution for everything? Learn how to walk in righteousness, and it's going to be like, yeah, that I, I can't I can't disagree. Yeah. Yeah. So I, to the to the young man or the young woman or the unmarried who's, you know, has these desires. You have to realize, right, that, listen, even when you're married, one spouse always wants it more than the other spouse, and you still have to learn how to control your desires, mm-hmm. you know, because, you you know, your spouse isn't just some, like, you know, whipping bag to, like, whenever you, you know, who has to, whenever you're ready, be ready with you, like, mm-hmm. right, this is why sex takes work sometimes, because both people, it requires work on both people's parts. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes the work for one is mental, whereas the work for the other is less mental. Right. You know, some, again, some, you know, the, the stereotype is husbands are always ready and, and the wives are not, mm-hmm. but that's not always true. Um, and somebody said, well, do you think it's from pornography? It might be, but sometimes it's just not true. Like sometimes the husband's just less interested Yeah. and he's not steeped in pornography, just whatever he's, he's less interested. And so both have to be willing right to to quote unquote do what they need to do to get in the mood or mm-hmm. to to mentally engage or to physically engage and so 
that's where sex becomes an act of love because you're saying, okay, I'm going to set aside my preferences to engage this person. Mm-hmm. I'm, and so, you know, and I'm going to set aside my preferences to like, to be involved in this. And that, that's where love and sex are related to each other. I actually fight against the idea that sex is love. Yeah. Yeah. And that's right. Cause that's, that's the Hollywood training is that the pinnacle of love is found in, in the sexual activity. Well, no, that's actually not like love is a part of sex. When both people are saying, Hey, I'm going to engage in this for the benefit of the other person because I love the other person and I'm going to put aside my desires. You know, maybe I want to go to bed early, you know, maybe tonight I just don't want to, maybe I'm not in the mood. Okay. I'm going to set aside that I'm not in the mood to participate willingly because my spouse wants to, and therefore I'm going to love my spouse and participate. Mm-hmm. But that, that, again, that takes work. Yeah. And it's not easy. Yeah. And, uh, in some ways, it, like if we think about it this way, it's almost like sex could be the easier part and a lifetime of friendship is actually the harder part. Yes. I mean, that's, that's uh right. That's, that's a uh, encompassing work that includes, it includes sex. It includes kids raising them together. Um, it includes like always pointing one another to Christ. It includes, um, you know, times when, you know, you're frustrated when you're happy when, I mean, it's yep. to be friends for life is, um, it, it requires a lot of selflessness. Yep. Yeah. Which is, again, I think it does come down to Christ, you know, uh, it's, it does come down to worship yep. and submitting our desires to Christ. Yep. And, and even in the husband wife relationship, right. There's, there's just a cycle that occurs that often means both parties are going to have to pause mm-hmm. any engagement for a while. Right. Yeah. As that cycle bears out. Right. You know? And so, I mean, that's just, that's just the biology of, of our bodies. Mm-hmm. Right. And as uh, one podcaster, I don't remember who I was listening to. He said like, look, she probably doesn't want to engage during that week. Mm-hmm. So leave her alone. It's like, yeah, okay, that's fair, right? Like, again, leave her alone, you know? And so, again, even in that time, even in marriage, right, that's where you have to you have to be able to control yourself. Right. You have to be able to submit, okay, Lord, hey, you know what? It is what it is, and I'm just going to, um, I'm going to love you anyway, and it's okay. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, what you're saying with friendship. I mean, most of our married life is more as friends than as anything else. Right. Than it is, quote, unquote, as lovers. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean that would I be, hate those movies where it's just like oh I know it's like come on man you're making me look bad <laughs> yes <laughs> no but yeah. it's it's so it's Hollywood it's not real and yeah. those are just weird expectations that no one can really fulfill yeah so um yeah so when it comes to uh, sex I'm kind of looking through what we did kind of written down uh it might be good to talk about identity. Set your sexual desire is not your identity. Mm-hmm. And that's, so the LGBTQ issue, uh, a lot of the discussions are about sexual desires. Okay. Uh, Truman's book, uh, The Rise of the Modern Self, does a good job of actually explaining it's actually not about sexual desire. Mm. It mm. is a question of personhood. Yeah. And it is a question of where do we find our personhood? Mm-hmm. And what unbelievers are saying is your personhood is found in an intimate relationship, in an intimate physical act between you and another person. That is not 
who you are in Jesus Christ. That's interesting. Is it because um, they? Is it because the you know the secular world has looked in to you know a a, a a marriage, for example, like historical view of marriage, um, which is really, you know, hopefully, hopefully, mostly biblical, right? Yeah. Assuming it's biblical, and said we want that, but not that way. Some at some level, okay. I mean, some of the philosophers that have advocated for promiscuity and and living and being engaged with whoever you want to engage with, actually have hated the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nietzsche, who was a big part of this movement, actually went insane. It's funny, people talk about, you know, oh, like Nietzsche's philosophy is brilliant. Well, it actually led him insane. Mm -hmm. So it actually, which is right. You try to reorient the world in your own image. You're going, something is going astray and it's probably you first. Because the world is not going to end up bending to your idol, right? At some level, your idol is going to, your idolatry is going to lead to your actions, which is going to lead to you engaging with other people. And at some point other people are not going to share your idol. And so destruction is going to happen. Yeah. And a lot of times it's self-destruction. Well, they're, they're and part of that. They're, 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 they are trying to legit, legitimately find satisfaction. Yes. And they think they they think that road of, of, you know, I think it is personhood. They're trying to find meaning. Yes. And if, if you take out God out of that equation, yep. you're not going to, it's a, it's a black hole. Yeah. 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 Cause that, and that's, that's what, uh, Truman said, basically they want to define who they are. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, right? The modern self is, is, you know, unbelievers are telling each other, you get to define yourself the way you want to define yourself. So if you are a male biologically and you want to define yourself as a female, then that's okay. And so again, some of us hear gender and go, this is stupid. Gender, you're either male because you're biology or female because you're biology. Well, in the discussion, that's actually layered. So on the one hand, a lot of the people that would disagree with, with that definition would say, yes, biologically there is male and female. However, that doesn't necessarily define your gender. And so now the people are saying, hey, uh, I identify this way, and because I can define my own personhood, you can't now tell me that I'm not a female, even though I have male parts. Mm. And and the problem with that is that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, one, you're a human being made in God's image. So that's your first identity, identifying marker. Second, for believers, you're a child of God, recreated and being made and made and being made into his image. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you are becoming more like Christ. So my identity is not in my sexual pursuits. It's not in my sexual conquests quote unquote, it's, it's in Jesus Christ. Right. So my identity is not bound up in my sexual relationships. And then, so now even asking Kyla to like, to, to make me feel complete as a person is asking her to replace Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. And you yeah. just, you can't, that's one that's unfair to her because she, she's not the sovereign Lord of the yeah, earth. That's a burden. No one can bear. Exactly. Really. Yeah. Yeah. And two, it's, it's sinful on my part. Mm-hmm. So, right. So this whole idea that your identity is bound up in your sexual desires is unbiblical. And that's what, it, when it comes to sex, you know, 10 years ago, this probably would not have been a talking point, but it's a huge talking point now because you have to teach your kids, kids, your identity is not in your sexual desires. Yeah. Your identity is in Jesus Christ. Your identity is in how God made you. That's who you are. And what you're saying when you say identity, you're, you're, you're really talking about value. Yes. 
because uh, what people want is to be, to, to, I guess to, they want to have meaning. I guess I or I don't know how to say it, but they want to have value. Yep. Um, because they don't know that they're made into image God, and that is valuable already. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's why Nietzsche went crazy because yes. you, you're trying to you're trying to um, ask people to put a burden on themselves that no other human being can solve. Yes. It's an impossibility to ask someone else to complete you. Yes. As much as, <laughs> what was that movie? Oh, uh, yeah, Jerry Maguire. Yeah, Jerry, you complete, you complete me. me. Yeah. You complete me. Uh, I mean, we get the sentiment of that. Yeah. Um, but it's not a reality, you know. There's something transcendent about God that he, where he, only he can fulfill that that missing gap hole, whatever you want to call it in your heart. Yep. And that's a, it, it sounds cheesy. People say it all the time, but it's true. There is a hole in our heart that only God can fill. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're made to worship him. Correct. You're not made to worship other things. Mm-hmm. So when you don't fear God and you fear these other things, what follows is foolishness mm-hmm. and self-destruction. Even though you might find pleasure and quote unquote, uh, short-term joy in that you're not going to have, it's it's not the kind of joy that that Jesus Christ gives to his children, right? Because even even Jesus's kids, right? That was kind of a weird way to say that. <laughs> you get what I'm saying, um, right? We can have joy even when life has gone to hell in a handbasket, mm-hmm. right? The whole world could explode, and there's a contentment and a joy in Christ that you're like, well, you can't take that away from me. But so then to then to try to root your identity in your sexual desires. Well, really, it's a selfish, it's a selfish ploy. Mm-hmm. So it's again self idolatry. And the, the the crazy part is that some of those movements would say we're selfish for not allowing them yep. to pursue those sexual, um, pers- you know, pers- pursuits and or yes. to 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 identify as whatever they want to identify. Right. They would say that we're unloving for saying, you know, the opposite. Yeah, but the interesting part is. No matter no matter what no matter what standpoint you no matter kind of like believer unbeliever there's an ethics to both to both worldviews. Uh, that's true. Yep. Right, because even the unbeliever, you're you're free to pursue your sexual desire, is going to say, ah, but you, but it's not right for you to force somebody else to engage with you. Mm. So right, it's funny. Even unbelievers will say rape mm-hmm. is wrong. Mm-hmm. Because, so, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, even yeah. though the rapist might say, well, but that's my sexual desire. It has to be between two consenting adults, right? Yes. Yeah, that's, and again, that's a mis- Except definition. the rapist. <laughs> the yes. rapist says, well, no, yeah. <laughs> they don't have to consent. Because yeah. my desire is to, to, I get off on raping somebody. So yep. why yep. would you deny that from me? Yes. That's unloving. Yes. Yeah. Which is, again, well, it shows that the, the layer of sinfulness that exists in this issue. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's why I mean, but the reality is, you can have two married people, and just just because though just because you're married does not mean your pursuit of sex is actually holy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because again, if you're forcing yourself upon your spouse, that's mm-hmm. a problem, right? Okay, so all that to say, um, you know, when it comes to this, your identity is in Jesus Christ; it's not in sex. You, I think, at this point, you have to kind of fight that. And mm-hmm. you have to you have to make you have to grow in your conviction of your identity. Otherwise, right, because again, you live in a culture that just breathes your sexual pursuit is your identity. Right. And that's that's unfair. I think it's also fair, like when we're evangelizing the world, um, 
that we have to hit that we have to hit the desire and, and make it clear that what you want is value and you're trying to find your meaning and identity and what we're saying as christians is that christ fulfills that yep. like you will find rest in pursuing ident- identity if you repent and believe it's part and i and i think what christians don't realize that is that when we're standing for truth it's more than just telling that group that no you can't do that no it's it's actually saying that the gospel's better yeah than what those movements are trying to offer you yeah. the gospel is fulfilling for 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 any any bent of sexual desire you have yeah that's a really good point g because what right like if if all we're trying to do is to get people to to mirror the biblical definition of sex mm-hmm. and say hey stop with your same sex attraction and begin with an opposite sex attraction and then participate after marriage you still haven't made him right. Correct. You still haven't helped him walk with Christ. You still haven't, right? There's still going to be that quote-unquote hole mm-hmm. because they need Jesus Christ. They do. Yep. And so no, that's a really good point. We are, yeah, we're not just telling them your, your sexual participation is wrong. We're mm-hmm. telling them, listen, true fulfillment and joy is in Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're designed to, to worship. That's what, that's what they're looking for. Yes. And in salvation... In salvation, when God saved us, and He's cre- and He's making us, He's sanctifying us to be more like Christ, we're actually becoming more human and more valuable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. There's a there's a scholar that said this once. Um. Right. That that unbelievers in a, in a way become more like beasts than they do like human beings. Oh, that's so true. And uh, it was a really good point. Because it's like, you know, because you end up pursuing these beast-like characteristics or pursuits or passions, Mm -hmm. but because they're not centered in Jesus Christ and they're not centered in the rest of the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, wow, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. Um, Okay. So now, so we've talked about what sex is. It is a... um, it is a it is an action between husband and wife, mm-hmm. uh, for your spouse's pleasure, also for creation or for procreation. Uh, it is right. We we definitely said husband and wife, not between two people. Marriage is defined as between husband and wife. Uh, marriage is more than sex, mm-hmm. uh, and yet sex is only for marriage. Okay, so again, we when somebody's like, well, it doesn't say you can't sleep with anybody in the Bible. Yeah, it does. It mm-hmm. says sex is for husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Boom. For your husband and wife, right? Not like, well, but it's somebody else's wife. Yep, that's sinful. That's adultery. Right. Yeah. So okay. Uh, now let's kind of let's kind of like move into the realm of maybe a little bit more personal between people. Okay. Okay. So again, we're not gonna like. I'm not interested in breaking down the X's and O's. Um. First, one of my encouragements on this is be willing to talk to your kids often about sex. Gotcha. Kind of like uh, you don't eat an elephant yeah. one day type of deal. Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, because, so again, if I could change the way culturally we do things, I would move away from the talk. Yeah. How did you grow up, by the way? Was that? Was, well, it was, a, the, it was the, the did, talk. You had the talk. Yeah, okay, yeah. Gotcha. But listen, everybody's talking about it all the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So why don't, 
hey, kids, here's what sex is between husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Boom. You can tell your three-year-old that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, 16-year-old, you may, have, you may have to go into more detail a little bit. But again, I'm never going to talk about it in such a way to where that embarrasses my wife and I. Right. Okay. So, right. But at the same token, you may have to like, hey, listen, excuse me, you're 20 years old. And you're dating, you're dating, a, you're dating a woman now because I have three boys. Um, it's probably you probably need to have some sexual boundaries. Mm-hmm. You probably need to not be going over to each other's house. You know, if you both live in an apartment, you probably need to stay away from each other mm-hmm. in that context. Stay out. You know, like you might need to start talking about boundaries and to think through right because your goal in the dating is to show the other person how you're going to lead them. And also on how you're going to treat them and you want them to stand right before Christ. And if, if the, if the relationship is going to break up, you want the other person to enter into marriage pure and, and pure for that marriage. Right. So, right. Like don't, don't presume, Oh, we know we're going to get married. Okay. The fact that you know, you're going to get married doesn't justify it. Mm -hmm. So again, I think you got to be willing to talk to your kids. You know, as they're getting older, hey, listen, boys, you know, you're getting older, your things are changing in life, your bodies are changing, your desires are going to start to creep up. You have to be willing to submit your desires to Jesus Christ. Mm. You know, you have to realize that pursuing these things on the internet is not going to lead. In fact, it's going to lead to destruction. It's going to affect you in the long run. So I think you got to be willing to talk about it. Yeah. Not just once, not twice. You know, hey boys, I know it's I know it's uncomfortable, but but if you have any questions, come talk to me. I promise you, your kids are hearing it from other kids. Mm. Why not hear the truth from your parents? And again, it goes back to that taboo thing. Yeah, you know. Um, and again, if my kids are like, you know, yeah, I mean, right? It, it's it's uncomfortable to talk about a little bit, but they're like, well, do you and your mom participate? It's like, well, that's kind of between us. But yeah. the answer is still yes. But that's between us. You know, it's interesting because, you know, the more liberal minded don't have a problem talking about it that way. Right. Usually, well, from what I can see. Yeah. uh, But they don't have the the right definition. Yes. Whereas we should have the right definition, but we're more timid. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, it's just a weird dynamic there. Yeah. I think the (laughs) principle that I follow is be willing to talk about anything with your kids. Um, talk to them about their need to control their desires, their need to find rest in Christ, and talk about a way to where you don't embarrass your spouse. Yeah, that's good. Because right that at the end of the day, you don't want to embarrass your spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and if your spouse is embarrassed by merely talking about it, that's where you got to help your spouse realize, hey, look, like maybe we were discipled wrong growing up. Mm-hmm. But um, and I'm not saying my parents discipled me wrong, by the way. I'm just I'm just saying maybe we were discipled wrong in this. It's okay. This is something that husbands and wives do. We're not like we're not in sin for participating in this. So it's not like we gotta hide it. On the other hand, it goes back to that discussion, right? Like, I'm not gonna walk into church on Sunday back, well, let me tell you about my week. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, that's that's something between you and your spouse. So right. yeah, you know what I mean? Like I don't need to Yeah. 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 We'll ask couples who are going through marriage problems, are you guys regularly having sex? Mm-hmm. Defined how you define regularly. Right. And again, this brings up another issue because one might say yes and the other might say no. Mm. And that that's what makes this issue so difficult is one person's like regular would be five times a week. 
And the other person's like, regular would be once a month. Mm. And right there, that's more common than anything else. Yeah. And so right there, that that's where often uh, sex and marriage becomes problematic because the couples then have to have to work at coming to a common ground on the issue. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause scripture just says participate frequently, regularly. It doesn't, but it doesn't say what regularly is, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't say, right. He's not saying three times a week. He's not saying, you know, once a day, he's not saying any of that, you know, and somebody's out there going, oh, I wish he did. <laughs> but um, yeah. what do you mean by regular there? Yeah. Just, uh, can you uh, give me the Greek? Cause I'm pretty sure the Greek says multiple. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but so the issue is both husband and wife have to figure that out. Yeah. What does that look like? You know, um, somebody's going to be like, well, is it okay for me to participate if I'm not really in the mood? So we don't do it if I'm, unless I'm really in the mood. Well, you know what? Sometimes you may have to, Hey, for your sake, for, for my spouse's sake, I'm going to get in the mood for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. For my spouse's sake, I'm going to stop doing what I'm doing and I'm going to go to bed with you. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, that that's that's where this gets difficult it's because very, of, yeah it's but I say a very loving thing to do right it's yes like a, yeah but it's Philippians too yes okay for the interest of my spouse mm-hmm. not only am I going to go I'm going to participate I'm going to I'm basically going to accept this is what I'm doing and I'm going to fully engage mm. you know what I mean and I think that's that's the part that like where it gets struggled in marriages is that sometimes you know. One is will, always willing and the other isn't. And so the one who's always willing has to mentally always be willing to self-control, mm-hmm. has to remember that their spouse is valuable not because of sex, but because he or she's made in God's image, a believer, child of God. Whereas the one who is like, man, once a year would be fine, has to learn how to put on the loving mentality of serving the spouse. Wow. It's like the day of atonement once a year. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, honey, I'm sick this year. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, oh, no. Yeah. Well, there's always 2025. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and again, I'm not making fun of anybody. If that's if that's regular for, for a couple, sure. Okay. But scripture does warn, hey, listen, your withholding from your spouse actually can open doors too. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'll say in adultery cases. Rarely have I seen one person only it only be the fault of one person. Mm-hmm. Usually both have put cookies in that cookie jar. Yeah. And now again, it is somebody always be like, but it's still wrong to respond. Of course it is still wrong to run out and respond by committing adultery. It is wrong to turn to porn. Yes. That is not the right way to respond to that. However, what that that's what makes this issue so difficult. That's why humility and worship is at the core of this. Are you willing to put aside your personal desires for your spouse? Mm-hmm. Right? So for one, it may mean, Hey, I'm going to put a, I'm going to put my desires to the side. And if for my spouse's interest, I'm not going to pursue any kind of engagement with this tonight because my spouse is really not in the mood. And you know what? Out of a love for my spouse, um, my spouse is telling me that an extra two hours of sleep would really benefit Okay, you know what? Out of a love for you, yes, go to bed early. Yes, get the extra rest because I want you to have that. I right again, that's not a wrong goal, that's not sinful goal. Yes, I want you to have that extra sleep. Mm-hmm. Right? You're you're super tired. Okay, 
get your rest. That's fine. It's but when okay. you wake up. Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there. Um, right. But even so, so the one person has to be willing to like, hey, I'm going out of, for your interest, I'm going to seek to not engage. Mm. But the other person, right, again, you almost want a battle of like, per, of who's going to, who's going to defer to the other. Mm-hmm. You know, ideally in the other person's head, I say ideally, there is this, but I know you want to, and I, and for your sake, I'm willing to engage with this. Yes. Okay. That that should be true of both people. What should be true of both people, what should be true of the husband and the wife, is a willingness to defer personal interest for the sake of the other person. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, it's, and it's, that's what makes this hard. Yes. But, so I am saying... Right. There are times where the one needs to say, for your sake, because I love you, I'm not going to ask you to participate in that. And I'm going to be okay. It is, it'll be okay because Christ is better. However, there are also probably other times where the other person needs to say, you know what? I know you really want to. Mm-hmm. So tonight I made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches so that I'm not as tired so that we can we can participate in this this evening. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's uh, helpful. Um, you know, I, I can't help but think of our, our Bible studies going through First Peter, you know, um, and one of the major themes is suffering, you know, and what you, you know, we don't think of it as suffering, but suffering is really patience, this idea of patience and yeah. being, being, being committed to that um, on both ends. So it, yeah. at both, uh, on both ends, right? It's like you're willing to suffer through. Yeah. Um, but, the suffering is like part of it is part of our love for others. Yep. Yeah. From from a broader perspective, you know, like hey, those suffering verses that that could that kind of applies here too. You know. Right. Right. Um, but yeah. yeah. And and I think this is it even goes back to your First Peter three passage of learning your spouse. Yes. And that that's where so again if 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 both of you do not have mutual drives, sex drives, so to say, um, the one with the lesser drive. I would just want to encourage that person. Hey, you know what? From time to time, initiate. Mm-hmm. Like, make sure you can look back and be like, yes, I've initiated. Right? Just out of a servant for your spouse. And the other one, maybe maybe don't, don't guilt trip. Don't be the kind of person that your spouse feels guilty because you're, you initiate so much that the other person actually now feels guilty for it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, let it go. Mm-hmm. Like it, like, you know what I mean? Like you don't need to, mm-hmm. to do this. That, uh, that brings up another point. Never use sex as a tool to get what you want. Yeah. That's the worst thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? You didn't take out the trash. Oops. Whoops. Oops. Right. That's, that's manipulation. Yeah. That's actually not what sex is. Like you're, you're abusing that person at that point. Um, because you're trying to, you're using it as a tool to get the other person to do what you want to do. It's not a training tool. It, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not, not a training a, tool. Not a tool. And it's not looking out for the other person's better interest. That's true. Yeah. You know, and then some people need to hear, make sure you take a shower. Mm-hmm. Go, go make sure you're clean. Mm-hmm. Don't come home from work, be dirty from head to toe, and then be upset with your spouse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So right there, there are things to think through. Yeah. I would even say, I think probably one of the best things a couple could do is talk about it. Yeah. And hey, what do you enjoy? What do you not enjoy? What makes you feel comfortable? Like talk through all those things. It's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. And I think it's okay for one person to request 
Uh, and I think it's okay if both consent. I really don't think there's much off the table at that point because yeah. it always comes, there's always this question of well, what can they participate in? Mm. Well, what are you guys comfortable with? Right. And so it's fine. Yep. Yeah. I think as long as it's not sinful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's given, but just throwing it out there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, somebody be like, somebody be like, well, but what if they want to watch porn? Yes, of course. Like, yeah. yeah, I always like those extreme examples are always to me. It's like, I'm almost kind of tired of them, mm. but uh, I get it. That's where some people's minds run to. Um, yeah. So be willing. Don't be selfish. Want to please the other person. That's the act of love. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the act of humility. Right. And everything we do should be defined by love and humility. Amen. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. Don't guilt trip spouses. That's not loving. It's not humble. Um, you know, that, that's the one thing I think I'll, I'll say. Uh, and I think I've already said it, but just to reemphasize, rarely are both people on the same page in terms of regularness and willingness. Mm-hmm. And that's where, that's where love comes into play. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think being willing to communicate. That's helpful because I think sometimes the expectation is that like, you know, why aren't we like the movies or something? Yes. You know, it's, I think just throw that all out. Yes. Like the reality is we're not going to be on the same page. No. So, so let's, let's, uh, Put in a reservation, yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. uh, and uh, let's make this happen somehow. Yeah. And let's even be honest. If you got married for the wrong reason, you're mm. married now. At no point do you need to start thinking, well, see, I got married for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. No, you know what? We all make dumb mistakes and God still can bless that marriage. Even if both of you quote unquote went in with wrong views of this. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and let's say you did engage before marriage, there's forgiveness, there's grace, there's mercy, and you can learn to still have a good sex life after marriage. Amen. You know what I mean? And so that's the thing like, right. You know, if you've been married 20 years and you realize 20 years ago, you got married for the wrong reasons. I mean, God still, God does this all the time. He takes our dumb decisions and he still has a way of sanctifying us despite our dumb decisions. I mean, the reality is we probably make more dumb decisions than we're ever aware of. And God has a way of just in his grace and mercy and loving kindness and in his leadership and continuing to make us more like Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, right, I would never, you know, a couple that comes to me and says, oh, I got married because I was burning with uh, sexual desire. And now I realize that marriage is more than sexual pleasure. Uh, I would say you can't lament that. Mm-hmm. right? Like, good, you learned. It's okay. Be thankful for the spouse you have, mm-hmm. you know? And for, for guys, your wife is the most beautiful woman in the world. She is the sexiest woman you have ever met. There is nobody sexier than your wife. Mm-hmm. Same thing for wives that your husband is the sexiest person, you know? Mm-hmm. And again, why? Because pornography changes that. So pornography, right? There's studies out there that say, right, that guys think the ideal woman is in this certain age range, and I'm not going to say it, but you can, somebody can go double check me and you'll see. The, what's the problem with that? You're telling your wife that because she's not in that age gap that she's less beautiful? Right. Nope, false. Right, like having kids changes bodies? Yep, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Just, your wife's still beautiful, still gorgeous, still the sexiest person you know. Yep. And that other person, nothing. She, she's not sexy at all. Because she's not meant to be sexy for you. 
Yeah, and the thing that you set up with the husband, they're the most handsome, most... That's right. Yeah, they're the most that's right. excellent that's right. piece of... Um, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yep. The Creation. sexiest, that's right. Yeah. Sexiest man you know is your husband. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Amen, Kyla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you, you know, I think there's, you know, there's obviously people, some people are navigating insecurities. Yeah. Um, be gentle to your spouse as they navigate their insecurities. Um, right? Again, we're all human beings. Nobody has this wired perfectly. And so there is a sense in which you have to figure it out. But it, but that's the thing, too. The church, I think, can help you understand, look, humility and love have to be at the center of this. Because if they're not, mm. right, what's, I mean, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. hey, listen, yeah, every now and then you may have to take a cold shower. So what? Mm-hmm. Who cares? It's just sex. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's not where your fulfillment is. Right. Christ, your fulfillment. I mean, 10,000 years in eternity, you're not going to be sitting there upset that right. you didn't get what you wanted one day. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. going to be thankful that you're with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I mean. Did I, I exhaust it? I, nah, you did good. Yeah. All right. I, again. It, it's 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 really a helpful discussion because you can replace the word sex with anything else. Yes. I want to be a billionaire. Yep. I want to be the greatest businessman. I want to be, you know, um, super mom, you know. Yep. Um, whatever it is, like, you, whatever that desire is, you have to submit it to Christ. And I think that's the lesson here. Sex just happens to be uh, one of those loudest speakers that, that reveal our humanity yep. and our brokenness. And it, it is an issue within both in the secular world and within the church. Yes. Big issue. And I think both groups recognize that. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's an essential part to procreation. Yes. So, um, yeah, it's, that's why we're, we're talking about it. It's, it's so important to have the right. And, and again, like replace that word sex with anything else, but, uh, also know that this is this is problematic in many marriages, in uh, singles lives, in yep. sexuality, gender pursuits, all that stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're being told it is it's probably the most important part of your life. And and again, if you go back to scripture and ask ask God's word, what's the most important part of your life? It's not sex. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Ecclesiastes right talks about. Um, our satisfaction. And in the end, he says, find satisfaction in the Lord, mm-hmm. not in the things you obtained, not in the quantity you obtained. Um, right. Again, your, your example of um, replace sex with anything else. He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves abundance with its income. And again, right. So you may want an abundance of sex. You're not going to be satisfied with it. Mm-hmm. And in fact, he says this too is vanity when good things increase, those who consume them increase. So what is the advantage to their owners except to look on? And here, the sleep of the working man is pleasant, whether he eats little or much, but the full stomach of the rich man does not allow him to sleep. Mm. Right? And so the act of pursuing God, the act of following God and being faithful to our responsibilities, right? those are the things God has asked us to find satisfaction in. So even then... There's a sense in which you you should not be looking for sex for satisfaction, that same kind of satisfaction. Yeah. And so, you know, so if there's a marriage couple that, you know, 
they're they break the record for the amount of times they engage and they're both mutually one to and then there's another couple that's like three times a year is good again neither right the one couple's not more satisfied than the other couple does that make sense yep okay now there's again there's some guys out there going oh three's not enough but the point is really this that you're you are not going to find satisfaction that's not meant to be your satisfying release mm-hmm. okay yeah, and I'm guys or females or males look for sex for different reasons yep. you know you know and so um it's not just the pleasure behind it yeah it's the meaning behind it yep. you know some women just you know feel like that's the only way they can feel loved yeah for example yeah so they're looking for love and really the wrong action yes so the, yeah so there's layers too yes yeah. and that that actually Gina you that's a really 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 good point that we didn't talk about um sex should not be the only time you're engaging your, your relationship with your spouse mm-hmm. so if the only time you're really willing to hang out with your spouse is when you want sex this goes back to our love podcast mm. the the all of this discussion is under the auspice of you're loving your spouse and try and already trying to be a good friend to your spouse. Many problems happen when the only, it goes back to manipulation. Many things, many problems happen when the only time you're willing to engage your spouse is when you want something like this. Mm-hmm. That's a problem, right? Your spouse should know you love him or her all the time, regardless of sex. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So if, you know, if your spouse is in, is insecure about this, excuse me, there, there's something else there and it could be twofold. It could be one, the spouse has a wrong expectation of feeling loved, right? So the guy, the guy or girl that says, I know I'm loved when my spouse has sex with me. Well, okay. That's not what the Bible says. Mm. So let's change your criteria of what it means to feel loved. Um, or two, the only time I love is when I want that. Well, again, you have the wrong definition of love. Yeah. So love is an action. It's not, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you should love your spouse all the time. Good yes. days, bad days, sick, health, right? Again, if one spouse medically something happens and the couple can't participate anymore, did their love decrease? No, their love didn't decrease, right? Their love should their love should still be growing regardless of sexual activity. Mm-hmm. You know, but mm-hmm. that only happens when your rest is in Jesus Christ. Because yes. if you don't rest in Christ, yeah. then you're basically pursuing idols. And those idols are never going to give you rest. Yeah. They're never going to grow your love for each other. Uh, wow, it's it's good. I mean, loving people, just generally speaking, and within uh, and through sex, you know, like, I mean, that could uh, obviously, um, that that could be a way to show love. Yeah. But um, you're right. I think if their if their feeling is that the only way they feel love that way. There's something wrong there, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. that's good. Um, this is probably where you need to know your spouse. Mm. If your spouse is like, hey, one of the things I love about intimacy with you is that we cuddle afterwards. Mm. Well, maybe what you need to do is actually cuddle with them sometimes without it. Mm-hmm. What they're saying is, hey, so you know what I mean? Like out of oh, a yeah. love for them, hey, out of your personal interest, I'm going to do this, you know? So... My dog's barking now again. So anyway, all right. Well, maybe that's her way of saying you guys should probably stop talking about yeah, this. Yeah. So, oh, geez, dog. <laughs>
Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I'm I'm guarding the guard dog. She's not happy with me. Yeah, Man, that's so. pretty good multitasking. There. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about sex and guard the guard yeah. dog. Yeah. So, all right, do we do we need anything else? I think that's good. Okay. I mean, well, it's a good start. I'm sure we'll get questions. I'm I, someone's yeah. gonna have a question about or clarity need clarity on something. But yeah, or somebody's gonna be upset we didn't talk about a certain point. Yeah, which yeah. again. Yeah. That's what fellowship in the church is for, to mm. talk about these things. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Well, we're not trying to be edgy. We're trying to serve you, and we pray that this helps you in your walk with Christ. Mm. As always, uh, defer to your own elders if we're not your elders. And uh, do you have disagreements or cries of outrage? Feel free to talk to us because there are things, you know, I think we never do these podcasts like we've arrived. Right. We're always doing these podcasts of, hey, here's where we're at right now based on our own study and experience and working with other people with the desire always to honor Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. All right, Anthony, you're up. Mm-hmm.